Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. One game behind my back ever. I don't want you to talk to Scott. He is not your friend. So when I say to you, don't do something, you better... Everyone, welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Let's start off with some business. On Friday, I did an Instagram Live with at Ono Bravo and we talked all about last week's episode of Real Housewives of Potomac. So I would, you know, recommend if you want to look at my gremlin face check it out (laughs) and you can check out her patreon if you want to just listen to the audio secondly i have a patreon some of you guys are a part of it some of you are not maybe you'll be interested i am currently recapping bethany ever after and i had the incredible mixing with monty on with me last week to talk about bethany's 40th birthday i think One of the more important episodes in the Bethany Ever After trilogy. So I would recommend that you guys check that out. Come on over. We have a great time. I say really embarrassing things. I say a number of embarrassing things in the upcoming episode. (laughs) Check that out. Um, You can find me over at patreon.com slash EBBM podcast. Thirdly. So many of you guys have given me five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, and that is really incredible. I would encourage you to keep going, because it really feeds my ego. And, you know, I've got very little to live for, especially in these trying times. 
So an ego boost is really something that we all could do for. I try to pay it forward as much as I can. Um, and you know what? If you are able and willing to give me a five-star review, I would be truly internally, eternally grateful. Like, it seems very cheesy, and I really don't like to get into these, like, podcast tropes of how, how important it is, and I know I've said this before, but honestly, it is very important to get visibility and a wider audience, and that's just the truth, and, you know, as much as I like to be, you know, a rogue woman and march to the beat of my own drum, I have to play by the rules sometimes, and that's just the truth, so... Thank you guys so much to all of you who have done it. And thank you to the ones in the future who will be there. Or whatever. (laughs) Let's move on. I, listen, I know that I say like, oh, I'm only going to do this and then I don't. So I'm going to start off by saying that I'm not doing any full recaps this week. Just keeping it loose, keeping it funky, talking about celebrity gossip. I feel like there was a good amount of things that have happened in the last week. And... That's fun. But I think, you know, something very important happened on the first part of the Roni reunion that I think is worth talking to about. A few couple things that I want to touch on that I think were most important. First of all, I want to give credit where credit's due. Now that we don't have to deal with her, I'm loving Tinsley's Arrested development when it comes to fashion. She was giving us, you know, the housewives typically have a theme that they have to keep up with in terms of colors on the reunion. Obviously, the theme for Roni this year was black. Tinsley is not really a woman who wears black. She's more, um, you know, her palette, her color palette more is in the, you know, brighter color scheme. And I just love that even through the ebony, Tinsley was giving us like 2007 New York Fashion Week front row at Heatherette. I love it and I appreciate it. She was like, I'll be damned if you guys are going to get me out of Tool and Sparkles. Here I am. Okay. I obviously the first hot topic was about Corona, Ramona virus. And, you know, I have a special insight into this as a New Yorker and somebody who kept fairly close watch on Ramona's Instagram activity, social media activity during the beginning few months of uh, the major hit of the pandemic. And basically up until she said, you know, after the George Floyd protest, that all lives matter. I had to go very quickly bow out of that and Avery from there. Um, did I tell you guys that I kind of snapped a little bit on Avery after Ramona said this and she very quickly shut down her comments and then they went on an Instagram live the next day talking about how they shouldn't be bullied because they're doing the best that they can. So getting PTSD flashbacks from that. Anyway, Clearly, all the women had a great amount of opinions, namely Leah and Dorinda, about Ramona and her pandemic activity. 
she was giving, as I've said before, and I've been very, you know, thoroughly reamed out by the one, I imagine, conservative <laughs> listener that I had. I don't think I have her anymore. Um, I stick by this. I think that Ramona is the Kellyanne Conway of New York Housewives. And that's just my truth. That's my opinion. And if you guys want to have other opinions, there are other podcasts, <clears throat> Juicy Scoop, that you can listen to where people are maybe a little bit more kinder to conservative opinions. But over here, I'm a black woman millennial feminist. And you know what? You're going to get all that comes with that. Okay? So, Mona does this whole thing about, I didn't have the virus, I didn't have the virus, I don't 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 have it, I'm okay. Oh, Lord, I think there were a lot of things missing, and, you know, we can't get every, we can't cross every T and dot every I that we have especially when it comes to Ramona and how she treated this whole situation in a reunion or on a reality TV show. I get it. We have to keep it pushing, but they dedicated a fair amount of time, all things considered to Ramona and all of that. So I think it's worth talking about. So Ramona's excuse basically was that she had COVID in February that she was sick, she had Lyme, she had went to, I believe, Aspen, went back to New York, then went to Florida when things started getting really crazy and the numbers went up in Florida. Leah's defense, or her argument with Sonia Ramona was not that Ramona doesn't wear a mask, which it should be part of the the deal was more that her lack of awareness and her seeming ignorance and her presence on social media made it seem like everything was great and that she was living her best life and, you know, working out and gallivanting around Florida. And then, you know, basically just acting like the virus did not exist. Ramona said that she would wake up every day at four o'clock in the morning, read the news about the numbers going up, the cases going up, the deaths going up, and then she would spend the rest of her day living her best life to the best of her ability. Bullshit. 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 Do you think that Ramona Singer wakes up at four o'clock? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. I mean, maybe she has to wake up to like, you know, do a BM at four o'clock in the morning, then she goes back to sleep, you know? Um... Here's what I think there was a lot of ignoring. Okay, fair enough. You didn't know. In in February, cases were very low. They, you know, weren't testing at the time. They really weren't concerned. And I know this for a fact because one of my clients is a doctor at a prominent hospital. And... He truly was not concerned at the time in February, but genuinely it went from like Monday, I'm not concerned, Wednesday, uh uh-oh, to then about a week and a half later, he goes from being a pretty renowned surgeon to in Manhattan to being shipped off to Brooklyn to help with COVID patients. 
you know, this is how quickly things happen. So I understand that that is probably true. My first question, um, how did she know that she had COVID in February? Is this just like a guess that she had? Because when she went to the Boca Raton, the Boca Raton um, tennis club in May that she was able to play tennis at and they told her that she had had it already. Secondly, we didn't we know that, um, didn't Ramona say that Avery had also had it? And that she knew back then that she had it and then Avery had gotten it and then they were in Florida and then Avery was quote-unquote quarantining in the condo with herself and Mario? I, I just think it's very odd that she didn't think it like it never occurred to her between February and May when she got twice tested and she tested positive for antibodies that it didn't even occur to her that maybe I displayed all of those symptoms months ago. Didn't even think about it. Now, here's another thing. It's like, I think you, one, should have some awareness of, hey... I had it and I feel really bad that I went from New York, flew to Aspen, went back to Manhattan, went to the Hamptons, went to Florida, was able to live my life footloose and fancy free down in Florida. And then when the cases went down in in New York and the cases started going up in Florida, I had the luxury and privilege to go back to New York and then the Hamptons. And then I went to a party. With Trump Jr. and Kimberly Guilfoyle, who, who tested positive not days later. But it didn't matter because she was only at the party for an hour. Which, we all know, <laughs> is plenty of time to get COVID. We all know that. It's just the glaring lack of awareness. It's a lack of empathy for other people. And that's what Leah was saying. Is like You had no empathy for what people were going through. You fled town. We're able to just like live your best life and then you came back and by the way she did this disgusting Instagram story tagging Governor Cuomo and Mayor de Blasio about oh I just walked down the street and I saw three men with their pants down and is there anything that we can do to get these I've never experienced this at all in my whole life. A time of living in the city and here's another thing that a lot of people don't know is that obviously you have to consider what is happening to these big cities with the pandemic I can only speak for New York but here's the thing as a country as a whole we generally treat our houseless individuals homeless people like garbage and with the pandemic hitting, a lot of their resources got taken away. A lot of them. A lot of daily activity, as they know it, restricted them. Completely gone. So if you could usually spend your day, you know, having coffee at McDonald's, sitting down there, going to Starbucks, using the Wi-Fi, powering up your devices, and being able to be basically be in shelter there. Um, you could sleep in the subway. You could sleep on the train. All of these are horrific 
options for people and they should just be able, we should just be able to house these people. Let's be real. But this was the reality for many homeless people in, in New York is that they had options. Public restrooms were available 24 hours a day. Places to sit down were available 24 hours a day. And in a matter of days, all of those things were gone. Starbucks was shut down. You cannot sit down in McDonald's. These places were closed for quite some time. The public restrooms that were available to you, all gone. Um, the places where you could go, completely gone. There have been so many articles about how, you know, Penn Station is a big hub to be able to use bathroom facilities. How, because now they clean it multiple times a day, they keep it um, closed overnight for cleaning, that homeless people are now waiting hours to use the bathroom. That you have no outlet, literally, you don't have outlets, you don't have access to the internet, because all these places with free Wi-Fi are closed. And a lot of people who were able to, you know, many people, many houseless people are not addicts, but a lot of them are. And so now you're seeing another thing of like people not being able to get money from people on the street because there aren't people on the street or there weren't people on the street or, you know, there's a a huge amount of people gone now have left the city or don't go to work so that corner that you were sitting on you were able to make a fair amount of money to be able to feed yourself or maybe go to a hotel or whatnot those options are not available to you um and so because the city is not what it was in terms of like people just walking around going to work it's not like the 24-hour you know Manhattan that we're used to anymore you're going to see a lot of the people, most, a lot of people that you're going to see are going to be those people. And so for Ramona to act, I, I completely went on a tangent for, for Ramona to act like disgusted and shocked that she has to be exposed to these things as she walks to her million dollar high rise, gorgeous apartment on the Upper East Side, or if she wants to decide to go to her multi-million dollar Hamptons estate, or she wants to fly to wherever the fuck, you know, it's just really, really tone deaf. And I think for people who did not live through that experience in New York or just people, I I think there are a lot of people that watch a show that don't have the perspective and they didn't understand necessarily why Dorinda and Leah were so mad at her and how, how the blinders that she had. But let me move on because I'm really getting angry. <laughs> this is why I don't like Ramona, you guys. Like, I, what are what's not clicking? What's not clicking? Oh, okay. Anyway. So. Keep it light. Let's talk about Revelation 1 of Leah's um, pussy angel wings. She has a revelation of telling us that at the age of 17, she took some psychedelics and imagined herself with these purple angel wings. And she felt like she needed to commemorate that experience by getting it tattooed permanently on her body. She didn't want to put it on her back because that was too cheesy. So she put it above her labia. Okay. So just accept it. 
I love that for her. And apparently anybody who gets to go to Leotown loves it too. Great. Okay. Third thing I don't really want to touch on because, I mean, it's very clear to us now. Every season it becomes more and more clear that Dorinda does not want to talk about her relationship with alcohol. And how, from what we see, that it is unhealthy. And that she probably needs to reset that. Everybody deflects on the cast. Everybody wants to point the finger at everybody else. So I'm not just going to say it's Dorinda doing it. Because, you know, Ramona gets the finger pointed at her. And it's like, oh, Dorinda, you drink too. And what about Luann? And Dorinda says it. And it's like, oh, Luann, you got to jail. And the only person who really kind of owns it is Sonia. By saying, you know, I take things too far. And I had to go to detox because of it. And I think that that's... You know, we're not owed, like, honesty by these women. That's really their lives and their stories to tell. Obviously, it would be much appreciated. I think it would go a long way. But who are we to judge, ultimately? Like, maybe it's frustrating to see, but this is also a very sensitive subject. And it's really just not for us to go into. So, moving on. The third biggest and biggest revelation came at the end of the episode with regard to Tinsley v. Dorinda. So, first let's talk about Scott. A viewer asked if Scott made Tinsley choose between him and the show. Tinsley says no. Scott never made me choose. And Andy said, well, he didn't love you on the show. And Tinsley said... I knew the show was definitely an issue for him. We got back together and it was a decision I had to make. Would he have let me to finish? Would he have let me finish the season? Yes, but it could have become toxic. So like, what am I missing? Because that sounds kind of like he made you choose between him and the show. And you can say like, oh, he lived in Chicago. And in order to make our relationship work, I had to prove by moving to Chicago and leaving my life in the show in New York behind, that that was like my way of showing my dedication to our relationship. Uh, I don't know if I'm being too hard on the situation. Something about their relationship just makes me feel very uneasy. And I don't necessarily want to go and use the abuse word, but I think it's very clear that there's a power dynamic. That seems unfair to Tinsley. And I understand that like Scott has a business and Tinsley has money. She doesn't need to be on the show. But I think it did or it could have done really well for her to like gain her confidence back. Because we met Tinsley as like a broken woman kind of limping back into Manhattan and trying to get her mojo back from being one of the biggest hit girls in New York history. Or American history, really. And, like, is that a frivolous title? Sure. But, you know, everybody has to accept their lot in life. And that was hers. And I'm not going to knock her for saying, like, that was important to her. That was the, you know, what how she carved herself out in the world. And 
is that something that you should just be like, oh, I'm just going to give it all up for a man? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> I don't care. Ugh. So, I don't really love Scott and Tinsley's relationship. And, yeah. So, Andy asked Ramona and Lou if they would leave the show for a man. And Ramona was like, if he gave me a ring, you bet. You bet. Luann says the line of the light, the night for me, which is, of course, I left a career in Italian television for my first husband. <laughs> I don't know why it tickles me that she was a, a, a TV host in, in Italy. It's just so funny to me. Lou has lived 17 lives and like, God bless her for being the only woman housewife only woman only person to get a before i was a housewife special y'all that shit was like a blueprint it was a blueprint on how to be a bad bitch on how to level up marry well and make it happen she had like a whole fiance before she was like oh here's a count oh ariva derchi I'm headed back to New York with my new French dick. And that was iconic. I wish they had it available because I was watching wrapped with attention. It was incredible. And I wish Luann would turn her cabaret into her life story. Tell us how you did it, girl. Tell us how you did it. Mm. Anyway. So we see the package of Tinsley and Dorinda's drama and Andy's like, okay, well, what's the deal, Dorinda? And Dorinda says, you know what? I believe half of what I see, what I hear in life and all of what I see. And there was a lot of stuff that went on that we, the audience, were not privy to. So how how do I want to do this? Okay, so there was a rumor that floated around after the episode aired. And it basically said, it came from Reddit that said that during a trip or something that went on between, that Dorinda was with John, Tinsley was with Scott, Dorinda witnessed Scott getting physical with Tinsley. This was at a commercial shoot for the coupon cabin. Dorinda saw Scott get physical with Tinsley on the set. She told, she did not take the money that she was going to get from filming that commercial. She also told John not to take the money. And when she found out that Scott did give him the money, that she got really mad. So, I think that's maybe important. Maybe this is all bullshit, but I think it's a little bit important to... Because obviously we're not going to get the full answer. It seems very obvious that like something went on that nobody's telling the whole truth about. And that is a very sound theory. So here's what happens on the show. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. So, Tinsley says, season 11 of Miami, she and Dorinda got into a horrific fight because... Scott, in Tinsley's words, had generously given John some money without Dorinda's knowledge. Dorinda says, I don't know about that. I know he did a commercial with you. I don't know what we're talking about, John, but whatever. So, two things that maybe we need to bring up. Season, I want to say maybe eight. Was that Dorinda's first season? Maybe it was six. I think it was like season eight or nine. Where Bethany had told Dorinda that John had asked her for money. And Dorinda got really mad. Secondly, there was a rumor from early this year or late last year. In which a woman had sat close to John at a restaurant while he was on a date. This was after he and Dorinda had broken up. She had sat close to him enough to him and overheard him tell his date that Dorinda had given him money an allowance for the entirety of their relationship or at least their relationship when she was filming and that once they had broken up, he was basically broke. Okay. Very interesting. Third, I think it's fair that we not forget that there was a season where Dorinda basically stopped having John film at all. I think, you know, a lot of it, it seemed very obvious that she was embarrassed by his behavior. Now, Clearly, we saw John, like, coked up and acting a coconut on camera. And then it seemed like she had him off for a while. He came back and he was a much nicer, better John than we had been introduced to. So. There was also, like, I think she did a lot in the beginning of her time on the show, like, promoting Madame Paulette, his dry cleaning business. Always showing up at the shop. And then she really didn't do that as much when he came back. So I don't know. I'm not sure where all that fits into it, but it just feels important to mention that we take a little stroll down memory lane that there something in the milk cake was never clean with Dorinda and John, particularly when it came to finances and also when it came to booger sugar. So back to the reunion, Tinsley said that the betrayal that Dorinda felt from John taking that money from Scott manifested into anger towards Tinsley. Dorinda says she's basically still denying all of this. And Tinsley's like, okay, well, lest we not forget, we were filming in Miami at the time that you found that out. And production was so afraid for my safety that they didn't even want me in the house with you. So 
Dorinda says that she has no involvement in John's finances and again denies. She says flat out she had no idea that Scott gave him money at all. Not then and not now. So Andy says, okay, well, you did have a fight with uh, John and that was filmed. No answer for that. So finally we get this unaired footage. So Dorinda's on the phone, just pacing around that house in Miami to John saying, you don't run game behind my back ever. I don't want you to talk to Scott. He is not your friend. So whenever I say to you, don't do something, just got the finger pointing. You better fucking well love listen. <laughs> There's a quick flash to Sonia <laughs> eavesdropping. Have you guys seen that meme of Octavia Spencer from the movie Ma with that like mushroom haircut where she's overhearing these kids talking? Like that's what Sonia <laughs> looks like. It was cracking me up. But clearly, I mean, there is video footage of her going off on John. She says God's name. So, what is the truth? What is the truth? Did it have to do with money? (sighs) Did it have to do with abuse? If I had to guess, my guess would be that there is some truth to that Reddit rumor. But here's where the crack falls with me. is like, why was it just that that Dorinda was so frustrated that Tinsley would continue to go back to a man who was abusive or allegedly abusive to her. I don't know why that would manifest in her being so angry toward her and so mean and cold toward her. Like that's not really in Dorinda's nature, but I also can very well see that like if Dorinda is reaching out to you and we see her be very like motherly towards people and wants to take them under her wing And this was not their relationship to begin with. So, you know, like in the very beginning, it was kind of like Scott or uh, Sonya versus Tinsley. And I think Dorinda was very like on Tinsley's side with that. So obviously Scott is a factor in it. There's no doubt about that. I, I mean, it's also obvious that Dorinda is not telling the whole truth. Whether it's to benefit her or whether it's to benefit Tinsley, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised either way. But, I mean, it's clear. Even Tinsley said, like, the situation really doesn't have anything to do with Dorinda and Tinsley directly. I just wonder why... I mean, it makes more Mm, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more confusion I am. Is it... I mean, obviously, Dorinda knew something happened between John and Scott. And he obviously, John, obviously crossed the line with Dorinda. She obviously laid... She drew a line in the sand with regard to John and Scott's relationship... Mm, I don't know. Let me know what you guys think because there's really something there. There's really something there. Okay, let's move on. All right, y'all. Wow. As I sit here 
My skin is cleared. I have pep in my step. I ran a mile without breaking a sweat. We are now living in a post Chris Evans dick pic reveal world. And this is a world that I've always wanted to live in. Listen, I agree that there are ethical conversations to be had about the distribution and sharing of this picture. I have not shared the picture. I saw it in a totally organic way. That's the truth. I actually, in the beginning, thought it was a video. And so when I saw the screenshot of his camera roll, I thought people were just saying, like, I'm not going to share the video. But here is a screenshot that he posted on Instagram just to prove that, like, he actually did it. This was not a hacker or whatever. So I looked at that picture probably three times before I saw Captain America, you know, and God bless. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. And I feeling good, feeling great. Mm. God bless. Now, speaking of horny times, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a warning that, you know, this conversation is going to be for adults. So if you have any children that are impressionable and shouldn't hear about, uh, you know, egregious acts of horniness, I would suggest that you, you know, put an iPad in front of them or tie them up in the backyard. I don't know what you guys do with children, but this is not a conversation for them. This is, I'm taking you guys on a journey that I usually don't take over here at everyone's business but mine, but this article really sent me for a loop, and I think it is one of the most ridiculous things that I've read. So there's a website called The Cut. It's a division of New York Magazine. They have a running article called Sex Diaries that they describe as... Um, an, People, the Sex Diary series asks anonymous city dwellers to record a week in their sex lives with comic, tragic, often sexy, and always revealing results. So, typically these are user-submitted people from New York. Obviously, you're not going to put all your business out on Front Street. So, it's fair to say that, you know, a fair amount of information is anonymous or changed to so as not to reveal who you really are in case people that you know read it fair the title of this article it came out september 6 it was called the woman whose husband is sleeping with her best friend this is a woman uh the caption says this week a woman accepts her husband's infidelities and embarks on some of her own 28 married manhattan so it's also fair to say that when people submit you know, in order to be salacious, that often, not often, but like, you know, occasionally a fictitious telling will slip in there. This is one of the most wild, <laughs> and I'm not going to read the whole thing, even though I would really like to. This is one of the most wild things I've ever read. So I'm just going to go over the highlights and highly suggest that you guys read the rest of it. it I mean, y'all. Okay, so we're going to start off at day one. Seven o'clock, we have slow morning sex on the countertop while the bacon is cooking. A risky move considering our kitchen has a massive floor-to-ceiling windows, but at this point, I don't really care. It's not uncommon for Adam and me to walk around our apartment naked, so the people in the apartments across the street have seen everything already. Just up on the counter, letting the grease pop on your naked bodies. It's seven o'clock in the morning. Okay. 
She, the woman who wrote this is allegedly in a gallery. She owns an art gallery and Adam, her husband, works in medicine. At some point in the day, Adam calls her to go to dinner later that evening. And at 6 or 10 p.m., she is so horny. Now, they had sex at 7.30, so we're not talking 11 hours later. She, This bitch is so horny that she wants to cancel her dinner to have sex again. Ma'am. This is where I'm like, oh, okay. This is not the world that I'm accustomed to. Because I'll be damned if I skip a nice dinner to get some dick that I had 11 hours ago. Okay. Lord. Okay. Later that night, Adam decides to kill the mood by mentioning that my best friend Lana and her boyfriend Mason have invited us around later this week for a game night. Adam doesn't know that I know that he's been having an affair with Lana for three out of the five years that we've been married, and I always get so jealous when he mentions her. He doesn't realize that I know that they've been closer since the pandemic, that not being able to see each other for so long made them even hornier. And that, since Lana got laid off a few weeks ago, they've been able to see each other more. Though this chick is fully aware that her best friend is banging her husband, she really doesn't care to discuss this with either one of them. (laughs) And, wow, okay. So, after dinner, the bitch is still extremely horny. And... Adam knows her so well. A mixture of red wine and champagne makes her the horniest. You are dying for a headache. Listen, I'm 34. I remember 28 mixing whatever alcohol could get me going, but not sexually. But like, you know, just to get the party started. Red wine and champagne. I could not think of anything. A less horny combination. Here's where the bullshit continues. It really takes it up a notch. Adam carries me up the stairs to our apartment. I'm so drunk and horny that I can't even walk straight across the footpath. And the way his skin brushes against my back makes me want him even more. He carried her up the stairs. The carrying of of the stairs happens three other times in this story in the course of a week. I have questions. Does she have, like, is there something going on that we're not aware of? She doesn't point to any sort of disability. This really just seems to be some kind of, like, Cinderella fantasy that she has being carried up the stairs. At one point, he carries her up the stairs to their bedroom from the couch, and she pretends to just be asleep because she likes that. Question number two, where in Manhattan do they live that they have stairs... In their apartment, a lot of apartments in, you know, like the West Village, let's say, have loft space and that would require some stairs. But a lot of those apartments have spiral staircases to get up to the loft bedroom. So how? Is this a tiny woman? Is this like a poly pocket of a woman? Is he lifting from the knees? I'm concerned about Adam's back health. Does he is he a chiropractor? Maybe this is something that we're not aware of. Surely he's got full health care, full coverage health care, so maybe it's of no concern, but like as a doctor, as a man of medicine, I just feel like all of this is wildly unhealthy for his body's composition. Okay. 
lord. So we're on day three now. I wake up way too early because I slept most of yesterday evening and decided to make breakfast for Adam, whipping up waffles from scratch. He has to rush out to work. This is a night of game night. Adam and I arrive at Lana's house separately. Adam makes sure to bring several bottles of red wine and vodka so that he can unwind. Several bottles of red wine and vodka. (laughs) All she wants to do is punch him. I know it's hard to understand the situation and how I deal with it without too much anger or resentment. I handle it all by just accepting that it's how Adam is and always has been. He's cheated on me more times than I can remember. At first, I was bitter and angry with him, but gradually I realized that this could be good for me too. There was no obligation for me to stay loyal to him because he had already broken our marriage vows. So plot twist. Lana. Mason's girlfriend. So Lana's sleeping with Adam, homegirl's husband. Homegirl decides to sleep with Mason, Lana's boyfriend. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Okay. So. Um, at one point, 9.33 hours later, Adam and Lana decide to take their car out to drive to a local bakery to get dessert for us at 9.30. I don't argue with them. I don't care anymore. Mason and I will have fun without them. He's the one I'm craving tonight, not Adam. As soon as they leave, we're in their bedroom. We don't even bother to strip each other's clothes off, conscious that they might be back any second. Mason leans me over the bed with my ass pushed out sexily. And with no foreplay or anything, he just fucks me in my ass. Both Lana and Adam absolutely hate anal sex, but Mason and I are more adventurous, both with ourselves and each other. Mason's always up for something new. so he just put it in there dry 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 Lana and Adam arrive back at Lavana's hair looking a lot messier than it did when she left she's holding a cake that suspiciously looks like a normal supermarket cake nothing like the cake they were talking about from the bakery across town they have access to a car these are 28 year olds access to a car going across town at 9.30 to a bakery and they're just getting one from like Westside supermarket or Gracidis or something why were they driving anyway Adam brought several bottles of alcohol wine and vodka and yet you know I mean I know they obviously weren't driving since Lana's hair was a lot more messier than, than when she left it but just a suggestion that they would be driving drunk. Like, Adam's medical license probably needs to be taken away. Is there a board of review that I can submit this article to? It seems really breaking a lot of code of ethics here. And at 28, Adam's got to be fairly young in the game, in the medical field. Mm. Mm. 11 o'clock, neither of us is in the mood for sex when we get home, so he did drive drunk because they had the car, tired from the Tristan, Lana, and Mason, so we just climb into bed. This chick is truly so horny. So, naturally, she's very hungover, throws up, 
Adam's mom calls her <laughs> and told her that Adam told her that she had been sick in the morning. And so her mother-in-law decides to ask if maybe that's because of morning sickness. Are you pregnant? So her retaliation for Adam simply relaying the fact that Lana had been sick that morning was I decide to go into graphic detail and tell Adam's mom that he's considering getting a vasectomy, even though he isn't. I then proceed to tell her the horror story of the time Adam managed to displace my IUD during sex, which led to a lot of bleeding. Bitch, are you well? <laughs> Can you imagine telling you your mother-in-law? Your son's getting a vasectomy, and also, he fucked me so crazy one time that he made me bleed, and the IUD came out. This is in response to him telling his mother that she had been sick in the morning. Girl, seek help. You need help for your excessive horniness. The fact that you can't seem to carry yourself up the stairs at any given point. And what? Imagine telling that to your mother-in-law. This shit can't be real. <laughs> this shit cannot be real. <laughs> when I get home, Adam's fuming that I lied to his mom and told her that I was considering getting a vasectomy. He doesn't seem to bring up the IUD story. <laughs> oh my god. So, oh my gosh. There was one part. Okay. The next day. <clears throat> um, It's the day before Adam's birthday. <laughs> there, post-fight, he said that he was going to go out to drinks. Obviously, he was going to be over to bang Lana. So at 7 p.m., I decide to surprise Adam tonight, just wanting our fight to be over. I change into a new set of lingerie that is dark red and crotchless, giving Adam a tease of what he can have if he plays nice. I don't think he's got to play anything. You were trying to break dinner plans with him to get laid. Anyway, I sit myself on the couch downstairs, wearing the set, and wait for him to come home so we can fuck... 8 o'clock, Adam still hasn't arrived, and I'm disappointed. I take out my vibrator and then fall asleep. 8.30, Adam wakes me up with my favorite tacos and some flowers. After we eat, we're so full and horny, but neither of us can be bothered to head back up to bed, so we decide to have sex on our leather couch. Adam pulls out a new tub of blueberry lube from his bag. Let's talk about that. He comes home with a bag full of tacos and flowers. Which is a love letter to me. It could have ended right there. They have a leather couch. They're both full of greasy Mexican food. Carbs. Meat. Guac. They've got guac money. If they got stairs in their apartment, they've definitely got guac money. He pulls out a tub of blueberry lube? So they can have sex on the leather couch. Taco sex with blueberry lube plus leather couch. Again, another reason why Adam needs to have his medical license taken away. What on earth? Good thing she wasn't with Mason. That really would have been a mess, wouldn't have? Good Lord. Okay, this is really, truly a mess. I At some point, she gives Adam a birthday blowjob. Okay, this cannot be real. This was written by... A virgin, a dude. 
it, it, the story is so, like, not even rooted in reality <laughs> that I cannot even imagine it. I truly, who are these people? I need names. If you guys want to verify at all that this is actually a true story, please. I won't tell anybody. I want pictures. I want names. I want the name of the gallery that this chick works at. I want the name. I want to know what medicine Adam practices. Uh, I need to know it all. Lana, if you hear me, let me know. You can email me at everyonesbusinessbutmine at gmail.com. Highly suggest you. That shit made my week. I could not believe it. Okay. Okay. Let's move on. Okay. So in the event that I don't recap this week's episode of Real Housewives of Potomac, the following will just be the end. And I had the pleasure of talking to... Kardashian superfan and Bravo aficionado Christian Grey Snow all about the ending of Keeping Up and what it means. All the rumors, what we predict for the future, and whether or not Chris should be on Beverly Hills. Alright y'all, I will catch you guys later in the week. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you. Alright, we're ready. No, no, no. We're right here. The wind, you guys. Is this necessary? No change. Oh. Awful. No, that is not cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. I need someone to make me laugh. Where's Kim? Kim is always late. We're here. Get out of our way. Stop. Jealous. Enough. Stop. Enough. That's it. We're done. Y'all, last week was a big week for me and the pop culture world as a whole. Keeping Up announced that it was going to be ending its show after 20 seasons in early 2021. Join with me to talk about this is Christian Gray Snow. Hi, Christian. Hello, my doll. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I feel weird. I feel weird that we're going to be living a world without the Kardashians on TV. (laughs) I feel like the world's already, like it hasn't started, but I feel like it has. You know what I mean? Like I know that... It's like they aren't off air yet, but I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like we're already in this weird place without them, you know? <laughs> this is 2020 could not get weird enough. No more keeping up. If you know what, with all the horrible things that have been happening in 2020, I feel like now it's like we should have known that it was going to come. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we, we should have known. Um, but... I guess, you know, at the same time, though, it's, like, as as sad as I am, it's, like, also, like, as a fan, I'm, like, God, I'm so proud of them, you know? Like, they did, they did so good. And it's, like, as sad as I am, I'm, like, you know, I can't help but be, like, like, damn, like, they, you know, they killed it, you know? So, so. about your, your journey with them, did you start watching, like, right in season one? No. So, I actually, I think I fell in love with them during um, one of their spinoffs. So, I think it was uh, Take Miami. I think it was Kim and Courtney Take Miami mm-hmm. that I fell in love with. Um, I had one of my best friends, Jonathan. He's like my childhood best friend. Um, he's loved them since like day one, right? Not Chebin, I hope. I'm sorry, what? Not Chebin, I hope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Food God, <laughs> please. Um, and... So he was my my best friend was my introduction to them. He's like, you have to watch the show. Like these girls are hilarious, you know? 
And I remember he was just at my house one day and we watched, you know, these are when their episodes were like, it was like 30 minutes, you know? And mm -hmm. so we watched it and I was like, oh my God. And then, but that was, you know, even before I felt like they became like the pop culture, you know, like legends that they were. It's like, even back then I was just so captivated. I just thought they were hilarious, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, that's how I fell in love with them. Yeah, obviously, I mean, people have very mixed reactions to the family, the individual girls, the whole, the show. But, I mean, you can't sit here, no reasonable person could sit here and say that they were not, like, a huge impact on our culture, pop culture, reality TV. I mean, it's, like, you, it's, it's not even, like, it's incalculable how much of an impact that they made. I mean, I think that just the influencer culture that we are all living in right now, you know, um, I think that the ability to make money from your apartment, you know, looking cute on your phone, I'm sorry, I feel like Kim and the girls really, really started driving that heavily back in the day. You know, I mean, if you look at Chris and her, you know, work with, you know, Caitlin back, you know, when they first got married. Yeah. Um, you know, she said, she was like, how do I turn this nothing into something? And she was always just, you know, a huge fan of like brand sponsored things, you know, like that's how she felt like they could make a connection and get back out there. And then you fast forward 30 years and it's exactly what she did with the girls, you know, and, yeah. and they just, I felt like they, they always, they played all their cards right, you know, um, they really created a path for not only themselves, but for millions of other people yes they changed the game 100 so basically i mean i think a lot of people were really shocked because the announcement came seemingly out of nowhere labor day like post labor day weekend which is like a really weird time to make a big announcement i think like people like us who are kind of in the know like if you want to bury a story you'll post it on like a friday night or something like that so for them to announce like was it like Tuesday or Monday night? It was just weird timing. And to me, it felt very abrupt. Did you get that sense? I completely, I was going to say that. I felt that's the perfect word to describe it. Um, I felt like I was just like, what the hell? Where the hell did this come from? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just felt like there's always like rumors and things, but it's just like, I felt like when it was actually going to happen, I felt like there would have been just so much more leading speculation leading up you know but it was just like boom out of nowhere yeah out of nowhere and i thought also that it was interesting that not so much that caitlin didn't know i mean i don't feel like they really tell her much <laughs> but i thought um she left them in the loop with how about that right <laughs> tells them anything. right i thought that courtney's announcement was very telling because she just kind of posted the same, you know, canned response announcement that Kim and Chris and the other girls did, but her, she posted a caption under that that was like um, something along the lines of, I have gathered, I have gathered my thoughts and I'll share them in a bit. In true Courtney fashion, she still has not said anything, but I wonder like how much in the loop she was because it didn't seem like she was. I mean, I don't know how much of the loop she can really be in when she's not even like a main player as far as like contract negotiations are going, you know, because she wasn't, I mean, she was very vocal about having 
a lesser role, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, when it comes to, like, figuring out if they were going to sign on for another season, I mean, at the end of the day, probably has to really come down to, you know, the ones who are going to be willing to um, go come to work, which <laughs> sometimes not important. <laughs> Um, so there obviously been like a lot of rumors because there was, it was so abrupt. Like what was the reason why, what really happened behind the scenes? So things have like sort of trickled out Yeah. and the, the most solid reason given so far that seemingly came from the camp was that their brands are much stronger on social media than they are on the show. But do you think that their brands would suffer even though ratings have fallen tremendously do you think that their brands are going to suffer from not having that access to them through the tv show okay for me it's weird it's like i don't necessarily think that like oh my god like because it's like not having them every single sunday will be weird you know but it's also like i don't feel i feel like it would have to take a lot of time and there would have to be a lot of step back from them aside from the show for their brands to really, really suffer. I think there were time there at a time when they, they could have quit the show that they would have really, really suffered, you know? Um, but I mean, my God, you know, I mean, can we be, be honest? Like I, who would like literally jump in the middle of the road and like take a bullet for them if I needed to, <laughs> I haven't watched the show in weeks, you know? Yeah. It, but it's just like, so I get it. Like, I feel like a lot of their their fan base and their supporters, like, maybe, you know, show support in other ways. Um, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that – I don't think they're going to really, really struggle. Also, I think that E is just kind of struggling as a whole. So maybe they're like – I don't know. I think maybe Chris was like, let us jump ship while we can. Personally. Yeah. The E of it all is very interesting to me because another rumor that came out was that, like, basically they couldn't, E could not justify spending that amount of money on them when the ratings weren't as high. But to me, it's like, okay, well, what are you guys doing, girl? Because without the Kardashians, I have literally no reason to watch E. Yeah, I want to know, like, I know that maybe y'all don't want to spend that much money, but what the hell else are you spending it on? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they, they have canceled. They don't have any. What does E have? What is their programming? They, I mean, they canceled E! News like a month ago, which yes. to me was like the second biggest programming that they had on TV. So like, yes. <laughs> am I going to be watching the Bradshaw Bunch? Like, get I, fucking real. Never going to happen. I ain't watching no fucking Bradshaw Bunch. Every time the <laughs> And now they got the damn promos rolling on my Bravo. So I'm yep. like, listen, I'm going to need y'all to back all the fucking way up with that. You know? <laughs> Like it's not gonna happen. Uh, I don't watch women's wrestling, so Total Bellas or whatever the fuck is not for me. I I would I would I fucking hate that. I would never watch that show. I don't know what it is about them, but they annoy me. And I just it's so sad. E used to just as a whole like was just like such like a hub of pop culture content, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And it's just so, it's I don't know who's leading content over there but it's just so sad they're so out of touch right now it seems you know yeah i agree like even pre-kardashian they had like the e true hollywood stories and the like mystery shows and those were like such solid programming but now it's like without the kardashians you guys are going to have to do a complete rebranding and very quickly as to what is going to bring viewers in 
Yeah, because like, look, as much as I love the Sex in the City reruns, and I do watch them, like y'all gotta figure something out, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I can only watch Sex in the City too so many times, you know. <laughs> yes. Um. So another thing was basically that Kim and Kylie were kind of the biggest reasons why the show decided to end. Kim, of course, being you know Kanye doesn't want to be on the show and probably shouldn't given him and also kylie's like i'm rich and i don't really need the show to be any richer so i uh, i mean i i have to imagine that like i mean what do you think about the timeline of kim and kanye do you think that they're gonna last forever and by forever i mean like another five years or do you think that this ship is gonna sink and like, and I love Kimberly with all my heart. Like, you know, Kimberly is my everything. Mm-hmm. Like, I will defend her till I'm blue in the face. But like, I and I cannot commend her for. I mean, you know, she's really, really done a wonderful job. I think of not not standing by Kanye, but supporting him. You know, like she really, really does support him. But I just don't see how. I mean, if his behavior continues, you know, to have you know bats of like you know popping out the way it has been i no i just don't think so there's no way you know um and to be honest i i I had put all my money on the line i thought that it was coming with this all this last stuff i really really did yeah Uh, and i really did but you know she's she's like no not doing it so we'll see it's (laughs) Isn't it so interesting that, like, the court of public opinion has really switched? Like, when they first got together, they were like, God, Kanye's really ruining his brand by attaching himself to this family. What is he doing? To now, like, Kim is actually helping people in a real way with criminal justice and prison reform. And now everybody's like, Kanye, what is, what, what's happening (laughs) I can't. I'm like the Skims brand is really gonna start hurting if you don't drop his ass. You know, (laughs) got to make some decisions. No, um, you know, and I, I again, I love their love. I think they have such a unique relationship and like understanding of each other. I do. Um, and I honestly think I think that if they did split up, I think that they would be fine. Like together, you know what I mean. I think that they would be able to like work together and parent together but um i don't know i think eventually also he like is in he's in wyoming all the time yeah yeah like i I, he's always in cody or wherever it is you know and i just feel i don't know i just how long can that go on you know yeah it seems very unsustainable hey it's danny pellegrino from everything iconic ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget check out quince they've got all the good stuff shirts and polos activewear and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands and the best part they're all about safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. How do you feel about that? I, I mean, I was with you. I really thought that we would have gotten the announcement like a month ago. I thought that it was really important of her to make that statement on Instagram about his mental health and how she had tried to get him help and and all of that. I thought it was really smart. And people were like, oh, you know, that was such a PR response. But you know what? We need to have PR responses sometimes. We need to have things that are looked over by other people and that are like thoughtful and to make sure that don't offend someone and to also to open up the eyes of people and I think that her statement did that it was very very it was just perfectly I thought it was perfect I I did too from like a standpoint I thought it was incredible um I yeah I mean if he's not willing to get the help that he needs and he's not willing to like medicate himself I just don't know like at one point at some point not only for Kim and their relationship, but she's going to have to think about the kids. Yeah. And what that, I mean, obviously I'm not saying that like people who have bipolar cannot raise children. Well, of course they can, but like they, the man at some point, it's just not going to be healthy for them to be around that. If he's not taking the proper precautions to like be his best self. Yeah. And especially when you're taking, you're in when you are unfortunately you know when he's having you know day bad days and then you're taking individual kids names into issues you know and like that's a whole yeah different game, you know like acting mm-hmm. out is one thing and you know publicly um but then like to include a child's name is like like that's never going to go away it's on the internet forever you know yep exactly uh, exactly so Oh, moving on about the back to the show. It was being said that Chloe and Scott were the most affected. Chris said that Chloe has been crying for days now. <laughs> I believe it. I oh, I completely believe it. And that yeah. kind of led me to thinking, like, whose brand do you think stands to suffer most from the show not being here? Because I think it might be Chloe. You like know. I would. Courtney, if she has a brand, but she doesn't. (laughs) Don't be talking about poosh like that. (laughs) Uh, I I feel like the same way, but but can we also be honest? I think that is true that Chloe's may suffer the most, but that is because Chloe has been the most like loved and well-received on the show for, as a whole, Mm -hmm. a long time. You know what I mean? Like it was a place where she's just very much like loved and accepted and, you know, um, and celebrated. And I do, I can see that there could be a little bit of a, uh, you know, that could translate over into her brand for sure. But at the same time, you know, mama Chris over here has, you know, laid them all out in a way that like, obviously she's got money rolling in. They got money in the bank. Yeah. Uh, they don't need to do anything. Yeah. And, you know, and as much as I love my girl Chloe, but, you know, the more she keeps over here making 
horrible decisions with Tristan, she will have plenty of time in the headlines, show or no show. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the clock is ticking. Like I said just a couple of days ago, like it's only a matter of time between before we see like Tristan's head betwixt some woman at the club's breasts, and you know, and we it's just. Like- I'm going to feel bad because I always will feel bad for them. Like when bad things happen, but it's like for the love of God, (laughs) (laughs) like for the love of God, like how many times are we going to do this? You know? (laughs) Yeah. Chloe has managed to kind of have an evolution of relatability of being like kind of the, the like awkward girl or, you know, people would definitely so go so far to say ugly. I don't think she's ugly and I don't think she ever has been, but you know, those, you know, and then her weight has been an issue and all of those things have been like very relatable and being in these bad relationships. And now her brand of relatability seems to be like, we all have that girlfriend going back to that loser. And you just have to be like, I can't even talk to you about this anymore. Like for my, like that girlfriend who would like had her like who was like had a sound mind for so long and it's like what the hell are you doing yeah like like led so many people out of like bad situations or you know assisted them and like gave like such like good advice and wise words and it's like and now here you are mm-hmm. yourself in a situation that you would have never allowed like a friend or your sister to be in yeah, uh, that's funny that you mentioned that because Courtney and Kendall were on a podcast the other day and Courtney said that she would basically never go to Kim for advice about relationships, but Chloe would be the first one she would go to. And like, I really had to laugh at that, but she's uh, like, yeah. I say not as I do, bitch, for sure. It's true. I mean, I think that like Chloe also does have a wonderful like um, sense of loyalty, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. and I think that she All- probably does give like can give wonderful advice but right now and look again too you know we are sitting here saying like chloe's always like been like the smart one and called out you know the bullshit and but at the same time chloe was never a mom before then you know and like chloe is a mom now you know and obviously that changes everything you know um i hope so yeah (laughs) um so gosh what do you you know (laughs) (laughs) so another thing that has come out is that there are possible brand deals um show deals with like netflix or some other streaming service what would you like to like if they came back to tv what would you like to see from them i i don't know i i kind of i don't I, i really i really don't know like i i want to see them on like netflix i think that would be bomb I do. But at the same time, I do feel like it's going to have to be a bit of a switch up from what we're used to. Yeah. And while I say that, like even just saying a switch up, I'm like, no, like I don't want a show of them doing anything else other than like them, you know. Um, But I don't know. Um, I do feel like some a streaming deal is absolutely coming within a year, though. I think it's good, though. They, They should take some time off. I mean, my God, why not? You know? Especially uh, right now in the middle of like with, you know, the pandemic and everything like now's the time just chill for a while, you know, and the more that they're off air, these they're going to start. I bet you the deals are already pouring in, you know? Oh, yeah. So um, We'll see. 
Yeah. Point to you saying like you only want to see them be themselves. Like they're going to have to be really raw and really open about stuff that things that they would never have shown on keeping up. And I'm here for it. Like, I would like to see that. Yeah. And I think they would, you know, I think that they would do it. Yeah. Um, so the biggest thing to us as housewives fans is a conversation about like, the campaign really about bringing Chris to Beverly Hills. I have to imagine you're on the same page as me as like, this can't happen. No, no, no. That's how I feel about it. (laughs) It it doesn't make any sense to me. And I think the people who were saying that are not people who watch keeping up. Like it just doesn't add up to me at all. Like, first of all, Kim or Chris has been a producer. So to like, (laughs) to the Bravo pool and be like, uh, you know, like palling around with Kyle. Like, I just don't see it. I, I don't, don't see, see Look, this is the way that I said, it. I was like, she has spent the last decade and a half creating an empire in which they answer to no one. Right. You know? I mean, it's, it's her shot. She calls the shots for everything. And let us look at a Denise Richards. How did that go for her when she tried to call the shots? You know what I mean? Not it well. didn't go well. And so, number one, I also don't like. There is no. I don't even know that they could afford Chris. Number right. one, because people out here are like, oh well, Denise gets a million a season. Like Chris is going to be. Chris would laugh at a million dollars a season. You know, she's <laughs> uh, like, bitch, I'll wipe my ass with a million dollars. Are you serious? million dollars in the time that we've had this conversation like fuck out of here yes um (laughs) so and it's like look i get that people get excited but it kind of nothing annoys me more than people being like oh they should just they should get rid of everyone and only keep like two people and bring in this celebrity and this celebrity it's like be fucking realistic for a second (laughs) you know yeah and, and I get that, like, Chris made her, like, little cameo this season, and it was wonderful. But I think appearances like that are great. You know, mm-hmm. like, her, like, popping into, like, a girl's trip to, like, if they go to, like, Ojai or somewhere, you know, like, Santa Barbara or something like that. But right. I just, there's no, I, in my opinion, there is no fucking way. <laughs> and also, <laughs> I just don't want it to. As much as I love her, I don't want it to. It's not what we watch Housewives for, you know? I mean, I don't want to see Chris getting into it with Erica Jane about anything. Me Not a thing. <laughs> and I, like, like I love so many of also, and I'm not trying to watch like her and Kyle have issues because they're friends. Uh-huh. So how that goes, you know, like you always fight with the friend that brings you in eventually. So. Because Kyle is now like the OG of Beverly Hills. Like, Chris would run her over, and that's just a fact. And Kyle would lose it, and that's another fact. Yeah. I mean, also, though, like, I would love for Chris to be on the show for the sole fact that if there were a BravoCon next year, that she would have to share a stage with Gina from OC, and I just would love to see the level of disgust on her face. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's so funny. Um. I this is an account called Ono Bravo who is just doing like a Chris goes over to Gina's casita. Oh my! What I have to go look at that. (laughs) It's very funny. She just did it a couple days ago. Um, it yeah. 
<laughs> it's, it's really funny. Um, gosh, what do you have any final thoughts? Do you have like a favorite moment from keeping up that you will always hold near and dear? I mean, can we be honest? She's deaf, you bitch. Well, <laughs> forever, forever be able to pull me out of any depths of depression that I may be in. I'm sorry, it just will. Rated um, fave. That's a good one. I mean, it's just hilarious. Um, but also so many moments. Like I remember, you know, finding out that Kim was pregnant. I cried. I cried like a baby. I was so excited, you know. Um, just so many, so many things, you know. It, I mean, we really, really, um, it's been, I mean, we've watched, Kendall and Kylie grow up, you know. Uh, we've watched Caitlyn transition, you know. We, I mean, we have watched, you know, brands be born. We've watched them go from being a little bit rich to like real, real rich, you know. Um, so I just think that, you know, back on the topic of it just being what a what a contribution they that they gave to pop culture, you know. Um, truly unlike any other. And then not only was it a contribution, I think that they really changed the game and uh, reshaped pop culture as we know it. Um, and I mean, I just, again, as a fan, as cheesy as it sounds, I'm just so proud. I'm proud. <laughs> what would you like to see from the series finale? Oh God, I can't even think about it. I'm already, I could literally just cry thinking about it. Um, I don't know. I just want to see them all. I want to hear. I don't know. Um, yeah. I, I I actually have no idea. What do you think? But they someone mentioned that they wanted to see the series finale be Kim's fortieth birthday, which I think would be kind of important. Okay, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I would like to see them have like a real conversation about. I mean, we're definitely going to get the, like, piano playing, slow motion, you know, sepia tone about, like, where do we think our futures are going to be? And what has this whole time on the show been like? That is completely expected. But I would just like to, I just want to see, the, like, the real conversations. I'm not sure about what, but I, I just want it to get, like, really real. I would like to see them, like... Because, you know, they're very good at, like, breaking the fourth wall. Like, I would love to see, like, them, like, you know, what is it like when the camera crew leaves your house the last time? Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are people that have been in your house four and five days a week for the last, you know. Um, and there's just so many weird little moments like that that they'll have to be like, oh, my God, like, this is the last time that this is going to happen, you know. Um, and I think that those moments like that would be cool to see. Um, and also to hear from even like the longtime crew members, you know, I mean, my God, what's this been like for you? Because <laughs> um, I know some people have been on the show forever, you know? Yeah, totally. Should we have them end it like they did at the end of the hills where Brody is in the middle of the street and they drop the Hollywood sign? <laughs> down? I feel like they should absolutely go to like Hollywood Boulevard walking down and then they start playing the original the little like whistle theme song, you know, and then Kim like runs in late and like steps in front of everyone, like the original theme. I think that would be iconic. <laughs> that would be good. That's a very, like, if you guys hear it, Buna Mari, there's an idea for you right there. Got ideas for you. Just hit a girl up. <laughs> well, Christian, thank you so much for talking with me about this. 
thank you so much for having me and um and for you know letting us mourn and also celebrate because it, it is something to be celebrated you know it yeah. really is tell people where to find you y'all come find me i'm on instagram at christian gray snow um nah, you can just find me on there that's it come come hang out for the messy memes and the fun i'll be there <laughs> perfect all right christian you have a great day you too boo bye, bye. <laughs>